This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stratycast. A lot has happened since we've last recorded and uploaded the show. This week I'm your host Dale O'Donnell and I won't be joined by Mike. Mike has commitments elsewhere at the moment but he'll be back in due course. But like I said a lot has happened. Um, We've had mass protests, we've had games postponed and rescheduled pressure is really really building on the glazer family and it's something that i that i want to touch on with this podcast and we have a number of topics to get through but does the glazer family really care about these protests because it's something that has been said in vain in recent months in recent years we've had the 2010 protests which didn't really come of anything but um the question was asked did the glazers care about this and all you need to do is look at the the doorstepping that's been taking place in America from reporters at Sky News and, and, and the Mirror with Abraham Glazer, who who really looks uncomfortable when he's approached and asked questions about Manchester United. The statement which was issued by Joe Glazer said that they would open up a better dialogue with fans, that they would help communicate and 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 work with closer with the fans. We haven't seen that. They've been they've they've since come out and said like similar things or had communication directors, Charlie Brooks for example, come out and echo those sentiments, but the bottom line is we haven't seen anything yet. They haven't changed their ways overnight. We didn't expect that to happen. We don't expect it to happen. But but the fact of the matter is the club is under pressure. And the Glazers definitely care about it. They don't like being asked questions. They don't like being doorstepped. But 
there's something bigger to come of this, I believe. And maybe in the coming weeks, when we get onto it with online campaigns and, and attacking sponsors. But what I want to get to first is these protests and looking on social media in, in the last few weeks, people have been kind of split I could say, split as to, to what's acceptable, what we deem peaceful um, in, in these cases. The fact of the matter is we've protested time and time again with the Glazers. We've protested when they when they came in in 2005, beforehand even, and, and we've continued to do so for 16 or so years, okay? They're not working. The, the, the ordinary protest that, that people have in their mind, um, it doesn't work. And it's time they're going to do a protest. And I believe this is the reason why for so long no one's been kind of willing to put their name alongside a protest. Because in order to organise one, you've got to have a call to action. You've got to have a, an objective from that protest. You can't, there's no point just screaming from the rooftops. We do that as football fans at every single match. But with this, by stopping the game against Liverpool, everyone knew about the story. The story was being televised in, in, in the US. They were talking about how Manchester United fans have, have gone against the team almost, which isn't true, and, and, and stopped the, the, the biggest game in English football from going ahead, Manchester United and Liverpool. That's what happened. The game had to be rescheduled to a Thursday night. It did not go in our favour in terms of the, the team's um, schedule, but... But look, let, let's let's get one thing across here when it comes to the team and, and getting in the middle of, of protests and fans' anger. The fact of the matter is, football fans, you listening, me speaking, we're here for the long term. You know, we're here for till, till, till the day we leave this earth. And when you talk about the players and you talk about Ollie and so on, in comparison, it's very short term. I don't Oh, we might risk upsetting them. Um, I, I, we've been upset for how long? You know, the, the fans, how, how long have the fans been put on the back foot? It's been 16 years of the Glazers and no communication whatsoever with them. And they think that a, a statement here or there is going to make a difference or, or the fact that Joe Glazer is going to attend the fans forum at the end of the month. I think that's positive and I, I'm looking forward to to hear and what what comes of it, but but I, I can't say I expect much because I've been led down this this line for so long that nothing comes of it. The Glazers don't want to be dealing with Manchester United fans. They would rather be living in their mansions in Florida, taking their dividends and hiring people that can ensure that Manchester United is is a, is a juggernaut commercially. That's their ultimate aim: is to make money. I don't believe for one minute that they care about the club. Well, all of a sudden, they, they suddenly care about Manchester United. Like That's the biggest crock of shit. And, and uh, not buying it. Just, just not buying it. Uh, and and people, people are angry. And you have people on social media saying, oh, you shouldn't be slashing tyres, you shouldn't be doing this. Oh, come on, it's very easy to sit back and, and, and commentate on a protest. You know, if you're actually there in the middle of it, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be because I've been throughout this pandemic. I've been in and out of hospital, and and that would require flying across to the UK, which I was willing to do. Um, I was looking into it. I was willing to do it, but and part of the reason why we haven't been getting as many podcasts out in the past month has been my time constantly spent 
in um, in hospital. But, but look, away from that, um, it's grim enough as it sounds. But the, the Glazers, yeah, we, the fans have to keep pressure on them. And into next season, I hope that these gatherings, um, they continue. Fans will be allowed back in stadiums, which is brilliant. Uh, and we'll see that now on Tuesday night, which will be interesting. Because the Daily Mail ran an article basically saying that you know the fans are allowed in on Tuesday night, even though we knew that was the case anyway, because the government... And brought that in a month or two months ago, that 10,000 fans were allowed to attend that match. And the Daily Mail came out kind of saying, oh yeah, United, United are willing to let it go ahead, as if, like, what, we're not allowed protest. You're not allowed vice anger. And it, it, Gary Neville touched on it on Sky News, that the pitchers around Old Trafford, before they they took on Liverpool in the Premier League and suffered defeat, the pitchers were appalling. You look at, I'm not talking about the fans, I'm talking about the night before. And the fact that a football club has to guard its stadium from its own fans. Because, even for a game, the fans aren't allowed to attend. And that says so much. You know, Gary Neville described it as Old Trafford being turned into a prison. He's not far wrong. And the Glazers think that a little statement or attending a fans forum is going to show enough dialogue or enough... Um, to bridge the heart of the last 16 years. Uh, they're so out of touch. But we know that already. We know that from the Super League fiasco. We know they're out of touch. We're, we're dealing with absolute dummies when it comes to running a football club and what, what should be done. Something that, w- that was brought up before I started recording and it kind of it, it keeps us in with, with the Glazers out protest and the campaign is fans from afar, including myself. You know, I'm not living in Manchester. I'm not, not, not fortunate enough living in Ireland. But for years, since the last 25 years, I've been over and back countless times, and I will continue to do so. The Super League, however, had that come in, I would have had to think differently. But I was telling myself at the time that I wouldn't go back, that that would be the, the line in the sand. And for a lot of people, the Glazers were that. And I, from speaking to some people, there is there is more saying next season that they will not be re- renewing their season ticket, that they feel that this is the bottom line, that they've crossed it. It's been 16 years have been ignored. Um, you know, before the Glazers came in, United fans had issued warnings to, to the football authorities, to the Premier League and to the government, which, again, were ignored. So when Graeme Souness comes out and bangs the drum that... We're only upset because we're not winning league titles anymore and we're, we're watching City do so and even Liverpool like last season. It's, again, crock of shit. And it, it's, it's unhelpful when you have big platforms like Sky Sports give the likes of Sunas a stage t- to mutter that crap. And that's why Gary Neville and it's why Jamie Carragher came out after that on Monday Night Football. And kind of made it very clear that, that they were not okay with Sooners' comments. That United fans are actually the only ones right now. If you look at the top six, the clubs that in England that were involved with the European Super League. United fans are the only ones making an actual stance. A stance on this. You know, we, they all spoke about willing to, or this was enough. This was enough. United fans are the only ones doing it. You look at Liverpool, right? And it, it, it's, it's amazing how how they've changed their tune in a matter of weeks. To be expected, when 
they've got these owners, they've won the Champions League a few years ago, they, their 30 year wait, the Premier League was ended. You know, you throw all that into it, but ultimately the bigger picture is football and, and the health of our football clubs. And they can't see that at the moment because they were fooled by a short video that their owner posts on social media. That was it. That was it. They were happy with that. No more talk of unhappiness with the FSG, with the fact that they they didn't back the manager after he won the league last season. They can give him a pot to piss in. And again, they haven't got the European Super League money, which they were banking on this summer. And it's going to be interesting how, how that folds out, how Liverpool fans then will probably change their tune again. But yeah, another example of bad owners football is riddled with them but United fans and credit to those of you listening who were at the the protests um, making a stand and sticking by it and it it doesn't stop here but yeah sorry got sidetracked there something that I was asked to to speak about on this podcast was what's your opinion on fans dividing the fan base issuing demands to match going fans not to go and watch the team not to renew their season tickets etc this is in from Brian Murphy, a season ticket holder. Um, Brian, look, ultimately what I would say is do whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever you want because you have all these people who've never been to a football match in their life on Twitter and they're telling people who've, who go to Old Trafford every other weekend what to do or how they should um, follow their football team without having a grasp of fan culture you know this is where you, this is where you go on twitter and and you look at your mentions and you, you take things with a pinch of salt you know you can't get overly worked up by this you just laugh it off and that's what people should do on social media i feel don't don't take everything hard and there's idiots out there there's people out there calling shots about protests that have never been to to a Manchester United match. Never never mind being to Manchester. People need to know their place. Ultimately, you need you need to know your place. And I think everybody can contribute positively to what's going on. The fight between fans and the Glazer family. You don't need to be based in Manchester. You don't you don't need to be, but you certainly don't have the right to, to call shots. Nobody. Nobody, if you're a season ticket holder, you're not a season ticket holder. It doesn't matter. You don't tell people what they should do, what they should do with their own money. The bigger picture, of course, and it gets on to the point, is the, the Glazers will be happy when people renew their season tickets. If it's part of the fight, it doesn't do us any favours if a mass amount of people renew their season tickets. But we've discussed this before in 2005 when... The Glazers came in. A lot of people walked away. FC United was started. And I respect all of those people. All of those people still care and love Manchester United's history. Their problem was they didn't want to sit on and watch it rot with the greedy Glazers. And I, look, look, like I said, I respect them. Um, don't see eye to eye on a number of things. I couldn't walk away from, from, from the club that I grew up supporting and following. But certainly, like I said at the start of this podcast, the European Super League gave food for thought. And it's a sign that football is, is leading down this lane way that you just want the journey to kind of just stop for a, for a while. 
And maybe with the announcement from Gary Neville that they're pushing for an independent football regulator, that's positive. Apparently there there's objections about that from the Premier League and and sections maybe, small sections. But something has to be done. Because it's not just Manchester United fans, it's it's football fans throughout the UK. The foreign owners, the investors have seen in the market that the Premier League is, is the biggest league in the world and they're now trying to exploit it. And Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, Rio Ferdinand, Gary Lineker have all issued a, a joint statement to force the government to introduce a, a regulator to get that common ground maybe from the higher suits to the football fans. And it's definitely a step in the right direction. The petition we've shared on, on, on our Twitter there for people to sign. Unfortunately, it's only for those with a UK address. I might try later on to a, a VPN and try and rig it somehow. But but oh, seriously speaking, if you if you got a UK address, do check out that petition and sign up. Before I started recording, there was over 40,000 people after issuing their name to that petition. And w- there's a need for 100,000 to get to Parliament. So, like I said, fans from afar, you can all contribute positively to all of this movement. By simply, if you, can, if you can't sign the petition, that's fine. Share it to your followers. Share it on Instagram. Share it to your friends. And if anyone then is in the UK and, and, and they like the idea, you never know. That's the, the power of word of mouth nowadays. People speak so negatively about social media. And that's even this comment came in about people on social media not knowing their place. Yeah, just see the positive sides of things. No, don't 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 even look look at some of the replies again. If someone's telling you not to renew your season ticket or or to renew your season ticket, <laughs> fuck off. Mind your own business. You know, mind your own business. And I think that's the problem too. Everyone wants to tell everyone on social media what they're doing. It's not helpful. You end up telling people things that they don't need to know. And finally, like I said, I'm on my own for this week's podcast. I don't want to keep dragging on, like on, on, on. But I wanted to speak about the protests. We can't let them go under the radar, and we and they can't stop. You know, there's talks of maybe some something happening before the Fulham game, and I and I suspect that next season it, it will be a be a difficult difficult time for people working at the club. You know, you've seen that on Sky News, and I mentioned Charlie Brooks, but there's no way Charlie Brooks wanted to do that interview. There's no way he should be doing that interview. Okay, that's Abraham Glazer, it's Joe Glazer, it's Brian Glazer, it's Edward Glazer, it's Darcy Glazer, and any other leech I may have left out there. They should be doing those interviews with Sky News, with Straight News, with, I don't care. It's been 16 years of silence and a few statements, and also two statements will we'll, we'll count. Two statements which were apologies. Does that reflect well on good ownership? No. Don't leave me telling you that. And it's going to be interesting to fans form. I'm really looking forward to seeing the minutes from that. Um, interestingly, the last fans form, which is when the, the, the fans read out a big statement for Ed Woodward, the minutes of that haven't been shared yet. And it's been over two weeks. So I'd imagine someone within the, the office is um, editing some blurbs. Uh, moving on, moving on, before we wrap it up. The Liverpool defeat hearts. I know it's four games in eight days, but losing to Liverpool in that manner doesn't. It's not nice. Um, it's not good preparation for a Europa League final against Villarreal and Gdansk. 
um, a trophy that we really need to win. Solskjaer needs to win a trophy. I'd be seriously disappointed if we finished this season not second and without a Europa League in the because it's all worked up towards this. Solskjaer has his critics who which I, I, I love seeing him silence. You know, I think he's done a really good job. And I want to see him succeed. But failing to win the Europa League and we haven't started the month of May too well. It hasn't been merry by any means. I'm far from it. But the players are wrecked. We knew that before we got into May. Players have been asked to go way, way over the top this season. With fixture congestion, the whole COVID protocols and living in these little sports bubbles has its effects. It's hardly it's hardly plain sailing. And I believe, and something that we didn't get to discuss on this episode, Cavani's contract, fantastic news, brilliant. I've really enjoyed watching him this season. He's added something. Even when he's not scoring goals, he's a presence. And it's funny because when, when you have, say, in comparison, Anthony Martial, when he's not scoring goals, throwing shoes at your TV. Frustrated. At least Cavani offers something. He's quality and it's great to have him in. But, but the point I want to make on him and, and the other new signings from this season, Donny van de Beek and Alex Tellez, it's been such a difficult year for those players. You move to a different city, move into Manchester and restrictions and lockdown... I can kind of understand why Cavani was hesitant to stay and wasn't and was thinking about jacking in the his European career, playing at the top because he wanted to go home to his family and he was sick and tired of of, of restrictions and lockdowns. I totally understand it, but he's decided to stay. I think he I think he came to the conclusion that Manchester deserves another chance. It's been a it's been a tough year for him being being painted as a racist for a, for something that really wasn't on, on Instagram, but by the FA, being painted a racist in a, in a new country which couldn't find his feet in. But hopefully with, with those restrictions lifted, Cavani can, can look forward to a better year in Manchester. And I really feel, looking at the team, that if they had a good summer, big if, haven't been told anything, if they have a good summer... I don't think we'll be far behind. We don't need to go out and sign a striker because Cavani's staying. I think we need goals from the right. I've said this on the podcast with Mike many a time. You know, the Sancho rumours are popping up again. I think he would definitely come to Manchester United if the opportunity was there. He's made it clear he wants to come back to the Premier League and he knows Manchester very well. But time will tell. Time will tell what Manchester United will do in the summer. I think the European Super League failing. Were the Glazers banking on that? Ahead of the summer plans? Because there were so many clubs interested in earning Haaland. And then when the Super League collapsed, they all suddenly realised they hadn't got a pot to piss in. Interesting few months. Back with a podcast again next Monday. Please follow Strategy News on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, you can listen to this podcast, which you probably are already doing, or previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Acast. A massive thank you to the listener for listening to this episode. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.